0: What's going on guys? My name is El De Niro, and welcome to episode 2 of season 8 of The Walking Dead in my review series. This took a long time to do. Um, I've been really busy. I started a new job recently, which I seem to do every 6 months or so. So um, just bear with me on that front. I know that the newest episode of this season is out today... I'm probably not going to get to it for another few days, but I don't really know how many people are even watching The Walking Dead anymore. Um, Just on a quick note before I properly get into the episode, um, the general quality of the show seems to have gone down, or maybe it's that the show has plateaued. I don't know, but it's a show that I definitely spend a lot of my time not enjoying, um, but I usually spend a sufficient amount of time enjoying it to actually, like, Continue watching it in a way that makes me happy, um, but I don't really know about this season yet And it's strange because it's not even as if it's doing that much wrong It's just being like obnoxiously the walking dead and uh, That's really getting in the way of it. So in episode 2 There was kind of a lot going on in the episode There was I think five different angles that we had to deal with in total and it left in this sort of um It left, like, a really weird way of actually observing the episode and taking it all in, because when you've got five different things going on, it's not really very easy for them to keep up the tension, but I think that they did a pretty decent job with the frame-by-frame parallels in each scene, showcasing the unity of the separate teams, which was a nice touch, and it builds on the simple but effective techniques they used that I spoke about in the first episode, where they just had two people saying, oh, I've got your back, even though we already met, Uh, or we've only just met, rather. So you had, like... Uh, Jesus and Tara's team were moving in on one unit and then you had Morgan's team moving in on another then there was Rick and Daryl and then there was um, the team led I guess by uh, Jesus who even are these people? Eric and his boyfriend whose name I've completely forgotten um, but that team and they were moving in on the uh, bunch of saviors that are led by the woman and she was like these guys are pussies let's push them back and then we learned there's a sting in the tail and all the um all the Alexandria unit were waiting to do was for the guys to turn into zombies, which is kind of a problematic angle in itself, because it assumes that theres uh, it's an exact science, that when you kill someone, they'll turn into a zombie, uh, which is not always true. Uh, a headshot doesn't turn them into a zombie. Sometimes it takes hours and hours to turn them into a zombie. Um, other times, it, it also just assumes that they're not going to shoot any of these people in the head. Um, it's a ballsy strategy on their part, and like it could just have easily gone the other way. Uh, which makes me a little bit puzzled as to how it was supposed to be perceived as such an effective strategy. And also, when that woman realized that that's what they were doing, she just let herself get eaten. Eh, what are you going to do? The unity in the team breaks when Morgan, a man who had the balls to claim that he can die, In a horror show, along with two really uneasy, trembling men, get stopped in a hallway at an outpost, and the two red shirts with him get gunned down. He actually gets gunned down as well, but elsewhere, the tether continues to come undone as Jesus forces Tara into some really stupid decision making, refusing to keep the momentum going forward by failing to shoot one of the saviors, saying he's not going to shoot a guy with his hands up, he's going to be the moral guy, and that's fine, but it's an angle that we have seen in literally every single season so far. I think the one savior saving grace about Jesus doing it is that he doesn't actually uh, break it and he just keeps that character act going uh, which is pretty fine I suppose but it results in a really cringe-inducing scuffle and the outcome is just wasted time. The man does mess up after he has Jesus in like a chokehold and Jesus regains control over the situation but even afterwards he still refuses to just straight up shoot the guy even though Tara is pretty much confirmed as being right and instead he chooses to tie him up and this is the same as... Like Rick in episode one, refusing to kill Negan, who surprisingly we haven't actually heard from in this episode. But I think that that's for the best because everyone talks about how good Negan is. To be honest, he is just like, I think, really, really boring at the moment. He's like just overly cocky as a bad guy if you look at the last episode of last season where he stuck his middle finger at the truck as it was driving away and in this season the way he just saunters out onto the balcony uh, he just knows he's not going to die and it's just ridiculous to kind of But anyway morgan rises from the dead later on um not really like a zombie more like a terminator he gets up and follows the saviors who killed his friends and he kills everything in sight and nothing is able to kill him because he's the terminator Uh, There's a really good quote around the, like, I guess, in the kind of middle part of the, of the show, uh, when King Ezekiel says, we move forward as we move the very world forward, and that's a really good line to just emphasize the magnitude of the work that the Hilltop and all of these teams are doing, um, it's, his, it's this big monologue about victory that he talks and it's sort of this pseudo positive thinking spiel. Uh, but it's a good moment and it just marks the, the middle way point with some dialogue in an episode that's been kind of jam-packed with action but like with not a whole lot happening. Uh, the friction between Tara and Jesus strengthens when Jesus makes the call that they surround the outpost and do not fire unless they're fired upon. Then Morgan tears through the station. Uh, like the angel of death and this is really cool because when he comes out uh, and the sun is shining on him He actually reacts really badly to seeing the light and it's kind of a nice little nod to how far into the darkness The journey has pulled him up to that point then elsewhere. We have Rick and Daryl searching for guns um, that Dwight apparently has led them to and um, they both end up like going to the very very top floor of the building that they're in They split up, uh, they go their separate ways, Rick goes into one room, he gets cornered by one of the saviors, he ends up impaling him on like a coat hanger. And I have to say, Rick is a man who seems to be able to just turn any single person into uh, a person with the strength The body strength of a walker. There's a scene in like season 5 or something like that. Where he rips the throat out of a man with his mouth. And then in this episode the way he impales a guy on a coat hanger. You're going to need a lot of strength to impale a guy on a coat hanger. From a very small distance between him and the coat hanger. Either way it's a cool scene. Um, Before Rick gets into that room. When he's walking down the corridor. It looks like he is walking down a tunnel like between life and death. The bright light behind him, he sort of looks like a silhouette with his gun. It's really, really well done. Um, Then, uh, Daryl kind of has suspicions that he has been betrayed. He's not very happy about it. And then Rick gets confronted by a man named Morales, who we're supposed to care about from episode, or from season one. I recognized the guy when I saw him. I definitely didn't care about the situation, though, and I felt like this was a real anti-climax. Um, I don't know, like, I know that he left him in Atlanta and stuff, but, like, I watched the first season of The Walking Dead when I first moved back to Ireland. I have basically, like, no recollection of what went on in that, which I guess is pretty much on me, not the writers of the show, but... Um, for it to end on that kind of note after such an emphatic and action-packed build-up is a little bit disappointing. But we'll see what happens in the episode after that. Another cliffhanger it's sort of left on is whether or not Eric has died. Um, he's definitely being shot. He's not really looking great at the moment. It seems like he's going to go down as one of those sacrifices um, for the for the good of the team and stuff like that because he did kind of just go all out saying there wasn't enough time to wait for reinforcements uh, not sure what's gonna happen there I wouldn't be surprised if he died but at the same time I felt like if he was gonna die they would have done it in that episode but hey the next episode is actually available right now so I may very well be wrong and I'm gonna watch it as soon as this is uploaded um, overall I would give this episode like a six and a half um, it kinda built nicely on the momentum that the good guys Built up in the first episode, and I really liked that. Like, I thought the first episode was good in spite of the things that were just very annoying that everyone found annoying. Um, this episode continued it nicely, but didn't really go far enough to leave a satisfactory taste in everyone's mouth, I think. Um, and for that reason, it's only getting a six and a half, which is still pretty good, I guess. But anyway, uh, if you guys enjoyed this review, if you agree with me, please let me know in the comment section. And if not, let me know anyway. Um, I'd be interested to see what everyone thinks. I've been Eldon Hero. Thanks for listening.